This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. (sighs) Wednesday, 7th of July 2021. I've just got home from work to get changed before I head out for a few pre-match beers. As today... England play in the European Championship semi-finals against Denmark. This is a strange feeling. There are nerves, there are. There is excitement, there's apprehension, there's the unknown. Does this compare to my wedding day? The day my daughter was born? No, not really. But it is those similar sort of feelings, that one in, in the gut of your stomach. Butterflies, of course. It's only one that I guess, I don't know, a sports fan would understand. I can only really compare it to either Italia 90 or Euro 96, obviously. But they were so long ago and I was so much younger. Last night I watched Italy book their place in the final after they drew with Spain one all. They went through extra time and eventually won 4-2 on penalties. 60,000 fans inside Wembley last night, as there will be tonight. Those attendance levels have increased in line with government guidance as the tournament has progressed. 22,500 at the group stages, 40,000 at Wembley for the round of 16 game against Germany. And what an atmosphere that was. Now 60,000 tonight. To be fair to Spain, they should have won it. They should have taken their chances. The amount of possession they had... But we all know statistics do not win football matches. Goals do. Italy, who went through. They've been good throughout, to their credit. And it was how they started in the group stages too. You may remember they were in Group A. They kicked the whole tournament off with a 3-0 win over Turkey in Rome. There was a 3-0 win over Switzerland in Rome. And they beat Wales in Rome by a goal to nil. They went through top of Group A. Round of 16, they beat Austria after extra time, which incidentally, that was at Wembley. Then their quarterfinal was a a fairly big affair against Belgium that they came through, winning 2-1 there. That was in Munich. And then, of course, last night they were back at Wembley uh, to beat Spain on penalties. So the final will be Italy's third time at Wembley. Obviously, we all know about their game management. They like to slow the game down. That's nothing new. It's the Italian style. You don't win four World Cups and one European Championships without having that quality. Whoever faces them, be it ourselves or Denmark, it'll be tough. But one game at a time. Thank you for your continued support and for tuning in throughout this tournament. And as I think I previously mentioned, I've brought you various moments along the way of what it's like to be part of it. And I'll do that again today when I set foot inside Wembley. But before I do, Here is a piece that I recorded the other day when my ticket dropped in to the UEFA app. So on a few occasions, people have sent me various messages on things that go on at the games, just asking for various advice and information, that sort of thing. I'll always try and reply when I can and and give help if I can. And one of the things that I've I have been asked about, I can't remember who it was, but someone asked me um, about tickets and where you'll be sat, that sort of thing. Now, on the day after the Ukraine game, as England Travel Club members, we were given various ticketing priority timed window sort of thing uh, to buy our Denmark ticket in. We were all sent an email uh, which had an access code. This came via the England Travel Supporters Club. Now, this access code we entered into the UEFA website. Now, I've opted for Category 3 in UEFA's Fans First system. cost me €85, Euros, which I think uh, it worked out about £73, I think it was. Um, now, these tickets, the Category 3 ones, they've generally been behind the goal in either the upper tier 
or the lower tier. Now, you don't get a choice. It's like a lottery. And in my experience, all the tickets that I've got have been in the east stand of Wembley. Now, because all the tickets are via the UEFA mobile app, or the vast majority of them are, once you've purchased them, you get your email confirmation, and then you have to wait for the notification of them being in the app. This is where a lot of people are perhaps (laughs) a little bit impatient, to say politely. Um, So I bought my ticket at about quarter past one Sunday afternoon. It's now just gone 6pm Monday evening, 5th of July. And I've just had my notification. And my phone's going off with loads of people saying whereabouts they're seated. They've received their notification, that sort of thing. And this is the frustrating thing too. As you can only buy your one allotted ticket. And you kind of have to hope that the people you go with on a regular basis, that they are, at the very least, in the same tier as you. So I thought I'd share this experience of where my ticket is situated. This is genuine. I haven't sort of pre-done this. Uh, I've got my phone in front of me. Open it up because I've had the email through. There is the, the notification there, Euro tickets, you have received your ticket. So I click on that. There it is, match number 50, the semi-final. Uh, so yeah, it's in front of me, it's got the two flags, it's got the England flag, the Denmark flag, one ticket, and this is where we click on it, and we find out where I am situated. There we are, entrance one, gate D, block 509. So I am upper tier. Uh, And this is where you get the chance to keep it. You click keep. Keep for myself. And that has been ticket assigned to Russell Osborne. And that's how the ticketing works. So here I am, back again. Up past two, Tuesday, 6th of July. Tomorrow is the game. In fact, I've just literally done my COVID test. I've had a notification on the app saying for technical reasons, they have reassigned my ticket. I've no idea why, what, how this has happened. Uh, But I am now lower tier, block 112. I don't quite understand what's going on. Uh, This hasn't actually happened to me before. So people that were asking how straightforward uh, is the whole ticketing app, perhaps not as straightforward as I thought. I think the only way I'm actually going to resolve this is by going actually to, to Wembley and seeing where I'm let in. Very strange. That's an overcast day here in Hertfordshire. Forecast looks to be showers that fade away towards kickoff. That bright sunny Sunday when we opened the campaign up against Croatia seems such a long time ago now, doesn't it? Anyway, time to stop being all English and talking about the weather. It's time I've got to move on. I've got a game to get to. I made it through the ticket cordon. No issues. I actually popped into the Wembley Arena ticket area just to make sure there was no issue with the ticket. I didn't want to get there and be turned away just to just to go and get it checked out again. So it just wouldn't let me just wouldn't let me keep it as was the normal procedure. But all good. The app is all good. They sorted me out. I think a shout out should go to the volunteers here. There are plenty of them around. Not just here at Wembley. You see loads of them at all the the major travel stations. I've been for a wander around the outside of Wembley. Fortunately, there's none of that predicted rain. Bit blustery, sun is out. Very reminiscent of an England away day. Loads of beer being drunk, football's being kicked about, loads of Danes too, which is good. Marcus Bent saw him doing some talk sport thing, waving from a balcony above the box park on Wembley Way. Feeling very positive has to be said. Looking forward to this one.
half time. One one. Stood behind the uh, the goal that Denmark scored from a free kick in. Don't quite know what free kick was given for, to be fair. But it was a uh, it was a great free kick. I don't think I've ever seen Wembley every tier on their feet throughout the whole of the game. The lower tier all standing. The middle tier, although it's not fully full, that's probably where the uh, the lack of attendance is. Where it's only sixty thousand tonight, the lack of seats taken is in the middle ring. Uh, the upper tier all standing throughout that game. Uh, worth pointing out that the the ceremony they have right at the very beginning where they have the shirts sort of shaken and unveil the big banners and unveil the big shirts the Denmark shirt had number 10 uh, on it which was a, a nice touch obviously in reference to Ericsson and then we equalised and it's a strange one really right at the other end of the pitch it wasn't the best view of it from where I was standing ball's gone in the net but you don't know who scored it they all went to celebrate, but there was no one particularly celebrating in person, as if they were congratulating one particular person. And then you see on the big screen that it's come down as an own goal. Raheem Sterling, I think, would have scored it anyway. But yeah, 1-1. We've got another 45 minutes to go. Hopefully we can get this done in 45. Don't want to go again like Italy and Spain done right here last night. Exactly what we didn't want. Extra time. Just haven't been able to make the breakthrough. As Gareth Southgate rounds his players in front of us on the pitch. We had chances, just couldn't put them away. Schmeichel, as much as he got food, pulled off some absolutely fantastic saves in that, in that half. Just don't want it to go to penalties. But Denmark have stifled us. But in front of me, the team are in a huddle, huddled together. Let's just do it in this extra time period. Let's not even think about what could go on after that. one Thursday morning I think yeah Thursday morning in England are in the final of the European Championships the final I kind of just spent a train journey back home just in a bit of a daze gotta be honest mulling it all over this doesn't happen to us does it going into the game we all wanted to beat Denmark we all wanted to play Italy in the final we all wanted to be there and then the realisation of it actually sinking in the referee blew for full time and there was almost a pause that everyone was like this has just happened this has actually just happened we've made it to the final and then obviously celebrations just erupted it was just that minute millisecond of everyone going taking it all in atmosphere afterwards was absolutely superb that eclipses the Germany game 
the atmosphere inside Wembley tonight was was superb. That that will take a lot for that to be beaten. I'm hoping that it will be beaten come Sunday. But the job's not done yet. We have to win on Sunday. It's strange because we we've never felt this before. We've never felt an emotion of getting to a final. And people will obviously remember '66. But it's us now. This is us witnessing this, experiencing this. And it's like, we don't really know how to take it all in. German fans, they know how to experience it. They know how to take it in. Spanish fans, they know how to take it in. I guess possibly we're, we're feeling how Portugal felt when they won the last Euros. I don't know. But I'm still in a bit of a daze. The penalty, or the winning goal was up the other end from where I was standing and to be honest I haven't seen a replay of how the penalty came about yet I saw the penalty obviously which looks like a poor penalty from Kane but he's managed to put the rebound in and and as much as what Schmeichel said during the week in the lead up to the game he had an absolutely fantastic game tonight I mean that's unfortunate for him that he parried but Kane pounced on it but that's what we wanted exactly what we wanted um, so yeah, we've got a few days now to digest this result, and as I say, the job is not done yet. We go again, Sunday. Right, well... Day after the night before, we've all had time just to sit down, digest it, and uh, yeah, just actually let it sink in that England are in the finals of the European Championships. Matt Asprey joins me. Matt, you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, Russell. I've got a huge smile on my face. I'm a very, very happy man this today. Aren't we all? Uh, we, we last spoke, was it after the Czech Republic game? Yeah, after Czech Republic, yeah. Did you see back then... Did you see foresee this coming? No, no, definitely not. Once, once you found out it was Germany, obviously, you know, when played in the round of sixteen, and then we got past them, and then when you saw it was Ukraine in the quarterfinals, I was thinking, hold on, we could be onto something here. And then you saw Denmark get to the semis, and no disrespect to Denmark, but you saw them in the semi-final. You were like, we've dodged a bullet, not playing Italy or Spain in the semi-final, and. Yeah, I, I just can't believe it. I honestly can't believe it. So talk us through yesterday. You you were there, uh, as I was. Uh, whereabouts were you in, in the ground? So I was down the usual England home end. We were in block 108, so next to 109, oh, yeah. um, about on the corner. We had seats on the on the steps and we're about 10 rows back. It was a, it was a really good view. I mean, we got the... Um, I was looking to get them the fans' first tickets, but I thought when, I, when it was my turn to go and buy them, I thought there'd be none left, but... There seems to be plenty left. So hopefully I can get the same tomorrow and then hopefully get a similar seat and then I'll be happy. But no, it was cracking view, cracking day and just one I'll never forget. Yeah, I know exactly how you feel. Just for context, you were at the same end as me. or We were both at the end that, that Denmark scored their free kick. I mean, going into the game, we, we all know what sort of the the aura about Denmark was. Did did you sort of were you nervous? I gotta admit, I wasn't overly nervous. I think at this stage, I think you've just got to be confident. I think that's what sometimes what's done in, what's not done England any favours going into big knockout games is I think the fans get more nervous than just get behind the team and just power them through. Yeah. And I think with Denmark anyway, with the teams that reach the semi-finals, they deserve to be there. Obviously, some have got their by questionable routes around to go through poor penalty shootouts and things like that. But wasn't nervous, but you'd have to show Denmark respect. And they're one of these really well-drilled European teams. They're not full of, well, Denmark do have a fair few star names, but they're not, they're not laden like um, England are, for example. But like they're a really strong, well-drilled team. Obviously, what happened with Christian Eriksen, it obviously gave them, it brought them all more together. It gave them, like, you know, extra motivation. But I wasn't nervous as I was going into the Germany game, for example, but that's mm. expected. But I think it was more... I wanted to be confident and get behind the team rather than show Denmark any disrespect. So I was, I wasn't nervous, but obviously I was aware of the 
threat Denmark could pose. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing I just I want to bring up, and uh, the national anthems. We we obviously heard um, in the, the run-up to it about the booing of the Germany one and the booing of the Scotland one, which you knew was going to happen. And I, just reflecting actually back on that Czech Republic game and also the Croatia one, I don't remember any booing of the, the national anthem for those two games. And I was really surprised last night that there was there was booing for the Danish national anthem. I think the thing is, I think it's the it's a really annoying thing when it comes to whenever you mention to someone, um, you follow like England home and away, immediately think, oh, right, so you're just a thug then who goes out there, gets tanked up and starts wrecking the place. But those who were booing, it was mostly, you know, fans who got tickets to the general public cell, not travel club members who show respect wherever they go. And I was 65,000 in there. I mean, the travel club, we got about, I don't know, 9,000 tickets at most, while the majority of the fans in there got there through the public cell who it might be like their first proper football match or the occasion. So I think, I do feel sorry for foreign fans because they must come over really, you know, for those Danish fans going to watch their team at Wembley Stadium, the home of football, as many see it as, and then to have opposite fans be around them, it is just totally disrespectful. It wasn't on. I mean, again, as I said, it's more likely the ones who aren't don't follow England regularly home and away because when we go away obviously we are reminded we are basically ambassadors for the country so you've got to show respect wherever you go but yeah no it's not it's not on but I'm I think whatever crowd sort of crowds in for the uh, Italy game the final we don't know what it's going to be the crowd split it's most likely going to be majority English we'll just have to wait and see but no it's just totally uh, disrespectful I think some people have had a few too many beers and think they're going to be you know, shots they made, so I'm going to try and make it intimidating. Booing national anthems is an intimidating atmosphere. It's getting behind the team that makes it intimidating. Yeah. Now, you mentioned the, the Danish fans there. I thought they were they were great. They're all with the flags there and, and made it I don't know, a little bit of a spectacle for them behind the, the goal, and they got their, their goal, didn't they? And what a goal. Yeah, I mean, it went in, and I just stood there in silence. I think there was no, um, like usually when it's an opposition player that scores, you get people getting really riled up. I think everyone, well, everyone in my block anyway, were just stunned because it was just a perfectly good uh, free kick. I mean, obviously, there are, you can say Pickford could have done better, but again, I mean, the dip that Denmark player got on it was just, it was just picture perfect and they took their chance and they took it with both hands at, at that stage of the game. So, yeah, I was just stunned by the free kick, but, you know, I out of all the times to uh, break that goal, conceded like it was in the semi-final. I mean, it was it could have been more high pressure. So, you know, we would really find out what this England team was made of once they conceded that goal. That's right. Uh, I think it was Pickford gone about seven hundred and twenty-five minutes or something like that. Seven hundred and fifty-two or something. So, yeah, credit to credit to Pickford there for going that that long stretch without conceding a goal. But we had to come at them again, though, didn't we? And and we uh, and Denmark scored with their period of possession they were always going to have it and then we we had to literally up up the game and was it Saka who I thought had a, another fabulous game um who, yeah, who got the crossing who got that crossing and and Raheem Sterling was well he he was pressuring the defender wasn't he um and the defender yeah. and then put it in yeah I think that goal came at a perfect time really because you could sense there's a bit of tension starting to creep in you know we were, we were expecting you know, once once Denmark scored, England go right at them, and they did. But Denmark were holding firm, and then once we got the equaliser, there was a huge, just sudden release of tension. Like you know, right, that's fine. That's calm down now. We're back to level terms because it could have easily gone either way. Because the Danes, with their position, they did get a few good attacks off, and you know, all they needed was another set piece of team like that when they scored when they scored the open, and we could be in real trouble. So no, fair play to them. They kept going at it, and. Yeah, no, when that goal went in, I was, at, I was just on a deep breath, just thought, right, we're back in it now. Let's just try and not make a hash of it. Just don't go to extra time penalties. But then, former, it did happen. Yeah, I, I mean, just the, the own goal situation. I, I I think I read somewhere that the, the highest scorer in this tournament has been own goal or OG. There's been a fair few of them, hasn't there? Yeah, just a bit. But I mean, that's the beauty of tournament football, and it? it just brings out 
crazy stuff like that and it seems like this this year it's the own goals that is the national thing that's happening yeah you're right uh so that second half went by no goals took us into extra time Casper Schmeichel he he kept Denmark in it didn't he we if you look at obviously the amount of shots that we had and and the amount of saves that Casper Schmeichel had to make be it Grealish's shot or Harry Maguire's header that he palmed around the post he had a fabulous game and it's just a shame we couldn't get it done in 90 minutes yeah, but I mean, Casper Schmeichel is a world-class goalkeeper. He's won the Premier League with Leicester City, so he's no muck in the Denmark net. But again, in international football, you're playing against the best of the best. And he is by, he's obviously the best Denmark caster. Casper Schmeichel is one of those big names in that squad. And he really made the saves he was making. It was incredible. I mean, you could tell, you know... He didn't let the occasion phase him. Obviously, he had the adrenaline pumping through his veins to make some of those saves. But no, he was he was amazing in that Denmark goal. But out of all the people to come across and try and get it past it, I think him and, well, obviously in the tournament, Cash Smart has impressed me. Donnarumma for Italy has really impressed me and obviously Pickford as well. So, you know, we've had three of the best goalkeepers in the tournament all make it to the last four. So, you know, it's to be expected, isn't it, when it's a quite one-sided performance, but it's the sort of thing you'd expect with England basically having 75% of the stadium behind them. You'd expect that to happen. Yeah, no, big game, big performance. And let's say we, we took it into extra time and, and that was when I felt that we we began really to grind Denmark down. I thought Denmark actually were a... They, they weren't the team that I'd perhaps seen throughout the tournament. There was a few times when they when they slowed it down and, and there was a few prolonged injuries, shall we say, um, which I thought was very un-Denmark-like. But yeah, it took us into extra time, opportunities. Sterling had a, a couple of efforts and Sterling had a fabulous game as well as, as he has the, the whole tournament. But then Sterling won us the penalty. What, what was your take on that? I mean like myself from where we were standing it was the other end of the pitch wasn't it yeah it was quite difficult and obviously some people who happened to have signals like the same were like checking the social media checking whatsapp groups see what was happening and it seems um i don't i don't know looking back at it slow motion makes it look a lot worse like makes the the penalty claim look a lot more suspicious but again with the player stilling's ability and the speed he runs at it's what quite a lot of people forget. If you get clipped and you're running at high speed, like some of these footballers are, it is going to take you down. And now there's also, I don't know if you've uh, seen now, there seems to be a discrepancy in the rule with Denmark's free kick now where there's like one too many people near the wall or no, something that. like that. I read somewhere. But yeah, apparently, because um, England formed a wall, Denmark had to have their players 10 yards away from the wall. And apparently when the free kick was taken, they were on the wall. So right. those other players like obstructs the wall. But yeah, no... I, I personally think it was a penalty. It was probably, it might have been a soft call, but I would have given it. And I mean, it went to VAR as well. Yeah. So if it wasn't a penalty, they would have reversed it. And the referee in at this tournament has been pretty, pretty good. There have been some questionable uh, moments during games, but it went to VAR as well and they didn't overturn it. So, you know, at the end of the day, just so go about the officials uh, yeah, decide. They're in charge. I mean, actually, you, you could go back. Wasn't there the other VAR challenge when Harry Kane went down? Um, at our end, was that in was that in normal time? I think. Um, yeah, I think it was. Looked, yeah, that looked a penalty to me. Yeah, that's what a lot of us thought. Now you've uh, jumped my memory. Like it was, we all thought it was Stonewall where we were where we were standing. But I think it was just one one for one, wasn't it? I bet. Yeah. I, bet I don't know if it was at a stage where the ref hadn't given the first penalty shout, then saw things like I've got to give him this one, otherwise it's going to be uh, some very angry angrier. Uh, English players and English fans uh, yeah. getting is on that, the back foot. Is yeah. that what the, the VAR, do you reckon they said? He said, uh, yeah, you didn't give the first one, you've got to give this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what the English are like with the vibe, don't they? They hate it even more. <laughs> yeah. Vibe's been all right this tournament. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the penalty anyway, a couple of things obviously around it. It was such a poor penalty, wasn't it, from Kane initially? Um, we know he can put a penalty away, but I don't know what happened there. It, or, or credit as well to, to Schmeichel for getting it. Yeah, well, it didn't seem to have much power on it. Now, I've watched the penalties back a few times. Usually Kane's penalties, are, they're thunderbolts into the mm. back of the net. Like, it's literally, you've got, it's like, it's how I think every player should just take penalties. None of this fancy Penenka business, just get the ball, just whack it. Because it, you, you're in a better position the goalkeeper. But yeah, it just didn't seem to have that Harry Kane venom that he has when he took his penalty. But again, 
fair play to Schmock Mercedes, but then also fair play to Kane. He just kept going and managed to smash in the rebound. But yeah, it was very unlike him. There are something else that I, I didn't even realise at the time, but in hindsight, looking back, there was a few instances where the referee had stopped the game and uh, when extra time or the, came on or, or half-time of extra time, there was a bloke in a suit um, talking to the whole refereeing team. And I wasn't aware of this laser pen um, situation. Did you? No. The only thing that I can remember now you said it was this whole referee with the going down to the sideline quite randomly. Yeah. Um, well, obviously it was obviously it was a bit random. It was like, what's going on here? Uh, but again, because obviously the signal ain't great in there and in Wembley anyway, so you can't check your phone to see if there's anything being said. Hmm. Um, one of my mates who he actually said today on the uh, on the WhatsApp group, he goes, yeah, I could see the laser pen. I was like, oh, I couldn't see the laser pen. I mean, my eyesight ain't great, but he said, I could see a laser. And I was yeah. like, right, okay. I don't know if you just say it, let's just try and look like, 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 uh, you're in the know, but I don't think a lot of people saw the pen. No. Again, it's just ba- it's just bang out of all this disrespectful once again. But as I said before, unfortunately, it's a minority that can let the majority down. I mean, now the UEFA are going to probably well, they're going to they're punished England, they punished yeah. the FA. It could have a bigger impact for the final because I mean there, are, there were a few fears about the uh, allocation, like the England fan allocation for the final being reduced as a result of it. You know, UEFA going shouldn't have done it, but yeah. yeah, it was just an idiot with a pen and. How has that got through security? That's what I want to know. If, like, you know, it should come up through the scanners when you go through them, surely. Yeah. And, you know, I do, what, what do you need to bring a laser pen to a match for? There's exactly. just no need to do it. You're yeah. there to enjoy the game. I mean, to be fair, I bet if that um, rebound didn't go in, I bet Castro Swichel's celebration would have been off the scale because it'd be like, you know, he obviously could see the pen was going into his eye and then he saved the penalty. But, yeah, whoever that was, I just stupid behaviour yeah I don't want to dwell too much on it but it, it was wrong it's thoroughly wrong we don't want to be seeing that again and and if, if that's UEFA's way of, of punishing us with, with a financial fine then yeah you, you've just got to take it on the chin I mean it'd be frustrating if if they were to sort of hit us with a, a reduction in tickets uh, well there we go I mean that that took us through to the to the final that was the winning penalty I and mean, we even had the uh the olays at the end didn't we when was the last time we had an england team giving it all the olays it was great yeah well but i think there was a few olays at the ukraine game but like that was the first one in person where we'd actually able to do it and we felt very confident yeah. doing it you don't feel like uh like you know very arrogant or cocky doing it but no it was nice to hear that but yeah i think once that penalty gone in and once Tom was so ticking down. It was the party. It was just about to get started. Yeah, it was great. That final whistle. I mean, what what were your emotions when that final whistle went? At first, it was more just um, I don't don't want to describe. I, I was just stunned because yeah. it's like you know, it's the first time in my lifetime this has happened. Like you yeah. know, it's just it's yeah, like you know, I've got pictures of me like an England show, like back in like two thousand and four with Beckham on and stuff like that, and it's like you know. This little kid's just seen his team get to a European semi-final for the first time in his lifetime. He's, I know I was actually there. That's the more should that I was there in the crowd to see it happen. I mean, all the whole all sixty-five thousand who were there, they're very lucky because they've seen history. Yes. I said when um, I, I took a friend when I took a friend to the Germany game, he doesn't go that often, but I managed to have a spare ticket, so I gave it him. And I said, "You are a very lucky, man, getting to this game because we don't see this this often." And then last night, I mean. It took about five minutes or so just to process it. And then, you know, Sweet Caroline came on and it was all good. But like, as soon as the final whistle went, it was more just, I was just in awe just what happened, really. Yeah, that was great. So, well, Italy, obviously the, the opposition in the final. What do you say to that? I mean, it's coming home, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> no, it's going to be a cracking game of football. I think if you put, at the start of the tournament, England-Italy final, I think a lot of people would be, you know, fancy watching that. And it's going to be a great game. But, you know, I think England are on such a high at the moment. And I suspect that the stadium is going to be similar to what it was against Denmark. It's going to be majority English. But obviously, I think it's going to be a fair few Italians. I read there's going to be a thousand coming over from Italy in a bubble. Right. Like they did with the um, Denmark fans um, when they played Wales and Amsterdam. They're going to do a similar setup to that. Right. They're they're allowed in the country for like twelve hours, and they're all being charted in and out and things like that. So hope they'll bring some noise. But again, after watching the Spain game, I mean, Italy fans were really going for it. Then, so I hope it should be 
you know, a cracking atmosphere between two big footballing giants, but come on, England, you could just, <laughs> just do the, just get the job done now, just get it done. Exactly. Get it done, then we can just get this, we can get this monkey off our back. Yeah, Italy, you've, you've already won one before. You've won, what, three, four World Cups. You don't need another one. It's it's our turn, as you say. It's I, I don't think I've actually said this yet, but uh, yeah, it is coming home, isn't it? It is. Yeah. If we did, I mean, that song's just going to be like soundtrack for like the next month before the normal football season starts again, isn't it? It's going to be on constant. I mean, it's on constant now, but it's going to be into overdrive if that happens. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm praying they do it. I'm praying England do it. It'll be like that. What was it? Brian Adams and that Robin Hood song that he had years and years ago that was number one in the charts for, I don't know, 14 weeks. If Skinner and Badil, yeah. three lines, he'll have to be there for, he'll have to beat that record, surely. Yeah, oh, it will. It, I think it will do. I mean, I think um, I saw on, saw someone like put like the top five songs being like streamed in the UK at the moment. I think there's only one. I think it's like Ed Sheeran's new song that's top then yeah. all the rest of it's like World in Motion, Three Lions, Vindaloo and also Tommy Kitten's on there oh, as yeah. well because of the Southgate song. So I think there's a clear, uh, that currently shows what uh, what the country's more focused on at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Matt, thank you very much for your time. Um, have you got a ticket yet? Do you know what the situation is there? So um, I've got my sales window tomorrow in the, uh, where it says the dreaded words of not guaranteed a ticket. But from what I'm gathering and from what I'm reading, I should be fine. I mean, I'll pay anything to go, but um, I'll be there 10 o'clock. Once that code comes through, I'm going on and just yeah. getting it over and done with. But no, I think all the Travel Club members who, um, didn't, who haven't gotten through UEFA, I think they should be fine. In, they didn't return the ticket because there's a lot of um, a lot of people getting nervous. Going, oh, don't forget one. I think you should get one because you've got to, you know, you've got to guarantee some people will have gotten through the general sales. They don't need to use the code and also people won't be able to make the game anymore. So yeah, no, hopefully come quarter past 10 to the latest, hopefully my ticket's there and it's it's all done. But again, I'll just like to also say the Travel Club have been great during this period as well because it has been manic for them and they're still working now to get us more tickets to the final. So people who are listening to this who are members of the Travel Club, don't, all hope isn't lost yet. I mean, you saw it happen with the Denmark game. They got another 2,000 or so tickets when it sold out. So yeah, if you haven't got one and you're in that, window where you know you don't if you're, if you're in that tbc sales and just keep the faith you, you should get one hopefully but again just a big thank you to the travel club for organizing all ticket sales have done a great job i think anyway just well, i'll get that out there yeah no nicely put and i i thoroughly agree with you matt yeah thank you very much for your time just once once again what's what's the the twitter and the the blog so the twitter is at matt Aspie, matt um the blog is mattaspeysports.wordpress.com for the england diaries which is the series i do I'm waiting until after the final now because with me, well, with a lot of people, we're starting backwards and forwards. Not exactly a chance to uh, put some thoughts down because I get back home, then it's a uh, one day rest, then it's back out again. So yeah, I'm going to probably write. It's going to be it's going to be a bit of a book session. It's going to be a it. long read, but it's just going to re- going to reflect on the tournament as a whole, obviously from a fan perspective and the experiences that I've had. But yeah, no, there will be a piece coming, but it'll, have, it'll be coming after Sunday now. So hopefully, once it's come home, then the blogs will come home to my blog hopefully <laughs> I didn't flow that well I, I, I hope that that's, that's going to sound too good I tried to make that flow try my best mate I know exactly what you mean and and it's totally understandable we're all a little bit tongue-tied at the moment yeah I mean once that ticket's confirmed I'm booking the train straight away and I know what time we're getting I've already, we've already got the plan set so yeah just bring on Sunday now just bring it on uh, thank you very much to Matt there. Don't forget, you can check him out uh, on Twitter. I will link to his Twitter account, of course, as we always do on our Three Lions podcast account. Uh, time to have a listen to what you, the fans, you've been kind enough to email in your voice messages. It's time to listen to hear what you thought of it. Hi, Russell. Alfie Wilson here from Oxford. Wow. Lost for words, really. I mean, I myself am only 20. And I know it's been much more of a wait uh, for many of us listening to this, but it was just an incredible night. Uh, drink it in. And uh, yeah, an even bigger one on Sunday. Incredible. Thought we managed the game perfectly, especially the second half of extra time. Come on, England. Gary here at Channel England Football. I've just finished crying. My voice is gone. <laughs> what a night. I can't believe it. Um, I thought the ref had a bit of a shocker, if I'm honest with you. But in the end, you know, you can probably say we were a bit, we were a bit fortunate. But well, over the game, we fully deserved it. 
I cannot believe I've just written England in the final on my war chart. I just can't believe it. Whatever happens Sunday, it's been an amazing, amazing summer. Come on, England. I just, I just can't believe it. I cannot believe it. Evening, Ross. Chris from Wigan here. Just pulled in the services on the way back from Wembley after what was the most unbelievable, amazing, spine-tingling, emotion-ridden afternoon and evening. It was fantastic, wasn't it? The big thing for me was how we struck that ball around in the last 15 minutes of uh, extra time. It was so unlike England. But if you were in that stadium, you know how everybody was just partying. Such was the confidence, really, that we'd get the job done. And we did. Roll on Sunday. Come on, England. Come on. Hello, Russell. It's Matt from Bristol and the Matt's channel on YouTube. I was glad I watched the game. I'd say England did deserve the win in the end. Looked more in control in midfield and created more chances. Brilliant atmosphere as well. The run Sterling made without getting tired was just amazing. Saka did his part to create that equaliser. And um, what more can I say? I'm looking forward to the final. Hi, it's Paul from Thatcham. What can I say? After all the previous disappointments, we've finally gone got ourselves to a major final. What a team performance that was last night. But for me, I think Carl Walker was the standout player. We should not now fear those Italians. Respect them, but certainly we shouldn't fear them. And what a day Sunday is going to be. In the words of Neil Diamond, so good, so good, so good. It's Richard Cook from the Outer Hebrides, and I don't know what to say. My voice is gone. That was absolutely unbelievable, and the most stressful game that we've played so far in this tournament. We've done it. We're actually in to a final right now, and yeah, definitely just pinch me. I just can't quite believe it. What a game. Kane's performance was amazing. Southgate has done so well to get us here, and I always had faith. Thanks, those guys. Really great to hear from you. Now, uh, another listener got a little bit of attention from a previous episode. I'm not sure if I'm being wound up here, um, but basically he's taken the time to record and send it in, and everyone's got an opinion. So, uh, well, yeah, let's give him his opinion. Hello, Three Lions Podcast. Gary from Walthamstow. Come on, England beat Denmark and then they beat Ukraine, um, two championship sides. They're now up against Italy, who are probably the best side in the tournament so far, and people are still really confident. You've got to remember that Pickford, again, has been shaky. Um, There's no creativity in midfield, and... Kane, I think he's still off his game. You know, that was a terrible penalty and he got lucky. But there we go. We're in the final. Can't knock it too much. Hope they win. Come on, England. So let's do that all again. Win or lose, send in your thoughts. Record an email to threelionspodcast at gmail.com. Right, as we always do, we'll speak to an opponent. It is the final time. Final. Final time, let's speak to an opponent, an opposing fan from the Rossoneri weekly podcast, the AC Milan weekly podcast, the Red Card podcast. I think it's got various names. Uh, Vinny, hello there. Hello, eh, buonasera, buonasera a tutti, eh, inglese, I don't like inglese, no, no, I'm just joking, from the Milan Weekly Podcast, thank you for having me, and uh, yes, uh, talking to opponents, I uh, I like it, I like it, and I'm all here, I'm all fisticuffs, I'm ready to go, and I'm ready for your uh, your entrapment questions. <laughs> Do you know what, the only thing I can I, I could re- sort of reply with that would be prego, is that what they say? Oh. Uh, but, uh, okay, yeah, we're going, we're getting somewhere. We're yeah. getting. Is this like the? So if we had to put a dish up, is this pizza versus beef Wellington? Pizza versus fish and chips? See, that's a very good question because I don't want to be stereotypical about you know fish and chips and beef. Would it be that? Would it be? We got to go with pizza and fish and chips. I think so. I think so. Although yeah. you have you have seen what we do to pizza over here, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Already we're starting off on the wrong left. Let's just go. Let's just go with pizza and fish and chips. And uh, a shout out to my friend, Laura, that lives there in Birmingham. And she says, whenever you come over, we'll get you some real fish and chips. And I can't wait for that. In Birmingham? 
yeah. in the in the middle of England, where it's pretty mm. much bang slap in the middle of England, not near the coast. Uh, well, maybe she's going to bring me to the coast. Who knows? I'm just going by what she's telling me. <laughs> now, um, I mean, you do the AC Milan podcast, but you're you're not actually in Italy, are you? No, we're born and raised here in Montreal um, with Italian parents, myself and my co-host Steve, doing this for a long time. And here, growing up Italian, you know, you grew up Italian. There's no such thing as being from Quebec or Canada. Yes, we're proud Canadians, but uh, we are, our, our blood is definitely Italian and always to the motherland. Like, you know, we're not allowed, we weren't allowed to speak French or English at home when we were young, but to bring, you know, stay with the, the Italian. So uh, that's why I'm able to speak uh Probably not perfect, but uh, I, we could still get around. You can order a beer. Exactly. That's the most important. Absolutely. So you do the AC Milan podcast, uh, and I was going through the Italian squad, and it blew my mind, actually. After such a good season that Milan have had, you just got the one player there. Well, you know, if you consider Donnarumma still, obviously, he's going to go to PSG at uh, Davide Calabria was supposed to go on, uh, but uh, in the end, he had injuries and, you know, uh, didn't get selected. You can't go wrong with the selection that they did, but just unfortunate. Um, you know, guys got some up-and-comers, a la, you know, Sandro Tonali that might that might uh, come on because he's playing the under-21. But it's it was hard to digest not having any Milan players like the days of old. Yeah. But, you know, we keep on saying always cheer the team, right? So guys guys like the Bonucci's, guys like the Donnarumma's and, uh, that are considered traitors to Milan, uh, when the national team goes on, it's no. Those things are put aside. And people, you know, we saw some comments that, you know, Donnarumma, this, don't. hey guys, we all hated Matarazzi in 2006, but somehow, some way he made us win the World Cup. And not because he's an Interista and he's, you know, uh, uh, he's a snake, but in the, we put that all aside, and that's what it should be all about. It's all about the colors. It's all about the jersey, because that's what it has to be in the end. That's the way we see it. Yeah, no, I thoroughly agree. As a uh, as an Arsenal supporter here, um, to cheer Harry Kane, it you just do it. He's he's leading the line for England, Raheem Sterling as well, um, and uh, you just you put club colors to one side when it comes to England. That's, uh, and as, as you say, for, for your national team as well. Now, it's, it's great to hear. But you mentioned the World Cup there, 2006. That was, that was the last time you lifted a trophy as well because 2018 was a, was a dismal year, obviously, for Italy. And now look how far you've come. It's, you know, I think Italy needed that, you know, from 2006. And then, you know, we had South Africa, which was a, a disaster as well. Mm. Um, in 2012, uh, 2000, because, you know, that old guard, that old mentality. Um, 2012, Conte comes in, you know, surprising the team that we made it all the way, you know, to, to this scrimmage against Spain. And then, you know, Conte is able to get the best out of, these players and he's a special kind of coach but you know he had a bit of a mixture of the old guard and now you have all these new players and we needed this we needed that slap in the face and you need to rebuild look what happened to germany germany had to go through that rebuild you know uh england for for that matter like all these new players you know you, you, those days of those players from the 2000s this is a new crop of players you need to implement something you know, then we had guys like, you know, Ventura playing a, a team in 2018. Like, I don't even understand the tactics that this guy had. And the problem in Italy is a lot of that old mentality, the old guard, you know, the Catanaccio. And for us to to watch this Italy is like, we won what? Three nothing? And looking at these games of, you know, what is it? 33 unbeaten, 34 unbeaten. But a lot of people say, well, you haven't played anybody big. That's fine. But for a team that gelling the way they're gelling right now, and a team of, let's be honest here, a team of nobodies. Uh, you know, you go ask people around the world who, yeah, they'll probably know the Chiellinis, the Bonucci's, but go ask them who's the, you know, uh, uh, the Lorenzo. Go ask them, even Insigne to that matter, right, which is one of the star players. And I think that's what made this group come together, right? They're gelling very well. And kudos to Roberto Mancini. You can't go wrong with, with Mancini's tactics and all that stuff. And it's just, it's great to see. Uh, and it it really hurt. It really hurt everybody since 2018. It's like, 
in our lifetime, right? We had never seen it in our lifetime, and I hope we never see it again. But whatever happens on Sunday, it's got to be a, a success for for either team, whether you win or whether you lose. That's the way I see it. You just got to maintain because reaching a certain uh, standard, right, is one thing. You got to maintain that standard after that. But I think the young group of players, compared to England as well, young group of uh, group of players, we need to go on because this is the kind of players we're going to have for the next five to ten years. Yeah, absolutely, building for the future. I mean, is Mancini part of that future? How's he seen um, in in Italy? Because obviously, we know him here from from his Manchester City days, with his big scarf wrapped around his neck and a yeah. big coat in the Manchester weather. I, I think Mancini at the beginning was every Italians like to complain. They like to complain about every single thing. And when Mancini came on, oh, what are we going to do with Mancini? And all of a sudden, it's like, well, I think Mancini is doing a fantastic job. A lot of people, I think he is the, the coach for the future, uh, especially with this group, uh, the, this group of players and, you know, the different types of tactics and adapting to today's uh, football. And yeah, he got some games wrong. Obviously, let's look at the game against Spain. We're not going to spade a spade. Italy did not play well, but... It's that mentality that he implemented into this team that I believe made us win in, against Spain, who were far better to me. But yes, uh, Mancini, for me, I think is the guy because um, I think they let him do what he wants to do. Because back then, I remember what when Roberto Baggio, after 2010, I believe they were trying to get him back in the FIGC. And I think he left after six or seven weeks. Right. I'm not 100% sure because he saw that the ideas were still you know, old school mentality. And, you know, we just need a fresh ideas because as football has evolved, we like to say it all the time, guys, these days of the Steven Gerrards, for example, or the, the Maldinis, the Totis, they're over. This is a business. Put it through your heads. People getting mad at G, uh, Gigio Donnarumma for taking the money and going to PSG and leaving for free. Oh yeah, it hurts. But now you're speaking with your heart. What did he do? He listened to his manager. He wanted to take the money. We need to accept that. Right. So I, I, I think we're turning that curve. We're definitely we're definitely not there 100 percent, but the signs are well. Yeah. And one other thing, I mean, Viali, well, we all know Viali from his time over here. So what, what is he? What part of the setup is there? Or is he just Mancini's mate? Because obviously they know each other from he, Samp days. He, I, I, uh, I, he, he's part of the coaching staff. I don't remember his exact his exact uh, position, but. Seeing them embrace like that, and yeah. you know, Gianluca Villa came out back out, and you know, even the way he describes his battling cancer, it just goosebumps seeing that stuff, right? And then when they show those pictures, and you know, it, it, it just the way he came out and explained that everybody's behind Gianluca Viali, and hopefully, you know, he gets to see he gets to see uh, years to come for me. But uh, I think talking about that whole group and that team mentality having one of your good friends there, right? It's got to do some good to, to the uh, mental mental health. Absolutely. It is great to see because I, yeah. I remember those two guys from, we had a, a program here years ago. Um, it was it was Channel 4, um, the channel over here, um, Football Italia on a Saturday afternoon. And, and those guys were, were generally always on it. It was obviously around the time of uh, when Gaza was in Italy, playing for Lazio. For Lazio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good times, good times. Happy days. Uh, I mean, the, what going into the tournament, did you, what, do you know what the, the vibe was in Italy? Was, was the sight set on the final? What would be the, the achievement? I think if anybody would tell you, Italy or not, that we see Italy in the finals, I think they would be lying to you. Mm. Uh, if you look at all the favourites, at the beginning, you know, you had your typical France. Uh, for me, and I'll be honest with you, I did not see where England was predicted to go into the finals at that point there. But Italy was always with that, you know, well, Italy, you know, they haven't played anybody in those last 30 games. I don't think they're, you know, and then the 3 nothing, Okay. And then another 3 nothing. So you want to be excited, right? But there's always that side of you to go, yeah, but there's a bit of truth to what these people are saying that Italy hasn't played anybody big. I think after the Belgium one, guys with heads on their shoulders were like, okay, no, no, we got something here, right? Because to me, we completely dominated uh, Belgium and they're, you know, number one ranked. Yeah. But 
I think, honestly, the excitement was there because of the winning streak, but nobody in their right mind would have said we're reaching. People would have said, obviously, we want to get to the quarterfinals at least, but nobody would have told you we saw each other in the finals. And especially looking at the teams we had to face coming all this way here. And, you know, a partita, a partita soferta, the, the suffering that we had to do against Spain, where most of the times it's like those 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 heartbreakers that we were that we would get we would be on that other end where the team would like would just do the minimal and, and get that uh, get that win it felt good but i'm not going to sit here in front of you and say oh no we deserve to win that game nice. spain spain did a fantastic job uh it didn't look like we were able to tactically you know match them but in the end the ball is round as they say and it came our way yeah, it did. I, I think Spain Spain lost that rather than you won that. But you say you, you take your chances, you get through. The, it's it's international tournament football. Um, Wembley obviously is is the venue for the final. It's not like you don't know Wembley. You played Austria there, and, and obviously the the other semi final was there. So you know the you know the lay of the land, don't you? Is Jack that's going to be helpful? We- we know the lay of the land. A lot of people are saying, like, you know, supposedly, I don't know if this is true, that no Italians are allowed uh, tickets and it's only uh, English uh, English uh, fans. But let me say one thing to everybody. If it is true, if it's minimal, I'm just going to remind you about a certain semifinals in Germany in a, uh, in a stadium that I believe out of 60,000, 50 or 60,000 Germans, it was maybe 5,000 Italians. So hostile, hostile uh, environments, we got it. Because in the end, it's just put that pressure upon yourself, right? And and we can do it. And let's just prove everybody wrong. Because a lot of people are predicting, you know, everybody's saying everybody's against England in this one year and everybody's going for Italy. But the more I'm reading, it's like everybody's predicting an England win. So, okay. So we'll see what we could do from there. And uh, I believe... It's coming home, as you guys say over there, or we're going to go where? Coming to Rome. We're going we're we're to we're split it down the middle. But uh, no, we uh, will see. How many, how, much, how many people does Wembley fit? So Wembley generally holds 90,000. Uh, and okay. last night there were, I think there was 66,000 there last night. Now, I mean, you mentioned about the, um, the Italian supporters, the, the Spain game, the the Italian fans there were all UK based, but there was a, a piece in one of the local newspapers or local media outlets today saying that there's a possibility of a, I think, a thousand Italian or Azuri fans. So people uh, from actually Italy yeah. that could be traveling. And, yeah, uh, so I think they'll be coming over in a bubble um, of how they will manage it. I have no idea. Uh, we're not going to get into this political uh, political talk, but it's it's just... I don't concentrate on that kind of stuff or I'm not going to concentrate on, you know, oh, England, the, the UEFA helped them and it was a dive and there was two balls. Look, the way you made it to the finals. What I'll repeat to people like that is that, was it a bad call? Sure. Right. And I think a person like yourself can say it. Um, is there a conspiracy? Absolutely not. I'm going to turn around and say 1982, Italy went through to the uh, group stages by a coin flip. People don't seem to remember this kind of stuff. Uh, World Cup 1994, we passed because I don't remember which team beat Cameroon like five or seven to two. I remember we passed as best third. Your course there, right? How it is. Yes, in this day and age, with a system like VAR in a semifinals in extra time, right? There's a lot of questions to be left, you know, like unanswered, but... In the end, am I going to stand here? No, let's let's not talk about you know. It's just like, look, it happened in Italy. It's it's fine. It's done. There's a lot of questionable calls, but am I going to sit here and say England doesn't deserve to be in the finals? Absolutely not. Everybody deserves their own course, and a lot of English uh, pundits have come out and said, yes, you know, weak penalty, whatever the case may be. But let's just concentrate on this final, and let's just hope for a great game. Win or lose, just a great game. Absolutely. There's I'm um, just to to maybe take the tone down a little bit, but quite respectfully, yeah. the a lot of the media and, and everyone over here will say for England to get to the final, to even win it, if if um would be great for the country after what we've been through this past 18 months. But I think there's one thing I'd like to say is Italy 
have been through so much as well. I remember sitting here before it all broke in the UK, the pandemic, we were watching it on TV coming from Northern Italy. So I think both countries deserve this final. Um, and just, just- the, the, the oldest population right in the world per capita and Italy I remember like we're calling our families and we're looking at these videos and what what do you mean you have to like grocery shopping and you have to do this and you can't get out of the house and they went through a lot and I'm not taking anything away from all the other countries but both countries have lots to gain gain from the part their population their their country countrymen and women but even for the teams themselves for you know, the younger teams and kind of a rebuild, right? Because the days of the Roonies and the Gerards, you know, it, it's over. Like us, like the days of the, the Gattuso's and the Totti's, Del Piero's, it's over. Let's bring in some new new faces and uh, hoping for the best. My, well, obviously, I'm hoping for my best, not for your best, but, you know. I, gotta... I was going to say, what, what does your heart say? What does your head say? Um, My heart, obviously, you know where that answer yeah. is. My, my head, honestly, if... um. I used to be a betting man. Well, I'm sorry. We're always betting people. Always, I haven't bet in a very long time. But if I had to bet, looking at the way the teams have gone, I would have to bet Italy. And why I would say Italy is they've, they went through a game against a team like Spain and still managed to get it done on probably their worst game at the tournament. No, sorry, not not probably the worst, their worst game. Um, seeing who we were able to beat, and I'm not saying that the teams that you the teams that you guys beat were inferior or anything, but from not no Italy, whatever. There was always a reason why Italy was winning, right? So if I had to bet, honestly, I would probably say I would probably say Italy for those reasons there. So I just don't want to say Italy. I just wanted to give you the reason. So I'm going to ask you. Head, uh, head and heart. What does yours say? Well, like, like yourself, heart says, heart says England. Head, it, the the way we've progressed through this tournament, the the sort of the stumbling through the group stages, to then go into the the Germany game. Obviously, all the history behind that to win that. Kane scoring in the last minute. We go to Ukraine, we go to Rome to uh, and, and win on your patch or bit against Ukraine. By such a margin and such ease, uh, perhaps we were brought down to earth a little bit last night against Denmark. But I think we we've got the momentum. It will be a tight game, without a doubt. And 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 my head says we can win it. Which brings see, us- at least we're giving explanations where where our opinions are coming from, right? Yeah. But uh, in the end, what would you rather have, a pizza or a you know fish and chips? <laughs> we're just gonna leave it at that. But uh, no, we're just I'm just hoping for a fantastic games, no controversies, um, no crazy calls. Just let's just have a fantastic game of football and go from there. And honestly, no booing of the national anthem, please. And I'm not going to sit here and point fingers because Italy has done it in the past and I find it completely disgusting. It's unfortunate that it's the only sport, like we have hockey here. It's the only sport that the national anthem gets booed. So, and I saw Gary Lineker's uh, tweet. Let's all have a bit of respect. This is a celebration, guys. This is a celebration that we've been waiting all all this time. Let's have a bit of respect together. I know the friendly banter is there. So let's just play a football game. Right, I'll be watching obviously in the Italian feed. You will be watching with the English, the biased, uh, the biased commentators. We gotta love, we gotta love those ones there. But just let's just have a great match. No controversies, please. Love it, Vince. Thank you very much for your time. Um, go on, just once again. What is where can we find the AC Milan podcast? At uh, Milan uh, Weekly Pod on Twitter, Instagram, all the same. Facebook, uh, we uh, there Monday nights live on YouTube, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, the official voice of Radio Rossonera uh, gets distributed through all your, you know, um, podcasting platforms. Steve and I always have a good time. We like to banter between ourselves and uh, asking, uh, you know, uh, answering questions, Twitter, Patreon, mostly, well, not mostly, always about Milan, but... Uh, this Monday will definitely be about the Euros, and then we get into the Mercato Madness, as my friend Steve would like to call, with all these transfer rumors. Because what would football be without transfer rumors, right? 
exactly exactly that's that's what we live for um yeah no thank you very much may the best team win we'll see each other soon will do Well, there we have it. These episodes have gotten longer as the tournament has gone on. Thanks to Vinny there. Go check out the AC Milan podcast. Thank you very much to him. Uh, Cheers to Matt Asprey too. Looking forward to reading that tournament review of his. Now, I've got to admit, I am shattered. I'm shattered. Five trips to Wembley, a sixth to come. Plenty of beer drunk. Up until the early hours recording this podcast, which don't get me wrong, I thoroughly enjoy doing. And of course, the pure adrenaline of following England throughout this tournament that they have bought us. The highs, the lows, there haven't been too many lows, uh, and let's hope to continue it that way. But let's, let's just do it one more time. And I hope you can join me for it. Thanks as always. You can follow the show on all the usual, on all the usual suspects, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Go and tell your friends. Uh, go give it a review on the likes of iTunes. That would be most, most appreciative. Make sure you enjoy the game wherever you may watch it. I haven't really said it until now, but it's coming home, isn't it? Cheers. Cheers.